Today's program was brought to you by Union Beer. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. Hi, this is Celia Kutcher, host of Animal Instinct, and you are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Live from Brooklyn, New York, welcome to Fumman About It on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm Mary Izette. And I'm Chris Kuzmi. And we're your co-hosts through this weekly journey of all things fermented. Archived on Stitcher, iTunes, and on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. There's a lot of stuff happening in New York right now. It's a very exciting month. It's July. It's really, really hot. Actually, we just had some insanely hot weather this weekend, but it's all tasting good with the beer. Next week, some stuff's happening. What's happening? Saturday. <laughs> it's a breezy 91, by the way. A breezy 7 ni- oh, p.m. So much on a Monday than... night in Brooklyn. Oh, right now? Yeah. Okay. Just to give you a little scope, this is our first real heat wave of New York City summer. Um, oh, first up. So Chris and I will be attending and probably judging, judging. Yeah. Um, this great event at Gunhill Brewing, which is in the Bronx. So it's called Limited, a homebrew competition and art exhibition. It is July 25th. They're going to have five local artists showcasing limited edition artwork. They're going to have 15 homebrewers vying for the inaugural Gunhill homebrew title. And there will be a people's champ. So voting begins at 4.30 and ends at 8. They're going to have... Um, they call it people's champ? Yeah. And it's only $3. That's- so to enter your voting, and that includes a Gunhill tasting glass and samples of all 15 homebrewers, there's also going to be delicious jerk chicken and live reggae music after the People's Champ has been chosen. So it should be a fun day at Gunhill. We ha- I actually haven't been there yet and have been wanting to go, so I'm pretty excited. I have not been there either, but Void of Light is an incredible, incredible beer and was one gold in the, it wasn't Imperial Stout, it was Foreign Extra Stout. I think so, at yeah. GABF yeah. last year. But they took home a gold with their... Their first year of brewing. So they're considering canning. Yeah, that's great. I'm excited about that. I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of beer for one little can. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I just saw that um, Port Jeff actually has a Russian Imperial Stout in cans. I saw it at Covenhoven yeah. on Friday night. So people are putting all kinds of beers in cans. Um, all right, so I want to give a big shout out. So Kuzme headed to Philly. Uh, friend has a beautiful new recording yeah. studio rittenhouse soundworks if you need any work or if you're a musician and need a studio to record at uh, rittenhouse soundworks in philly uh, in germantown area close to mount airy actually not too far from earth and bread brewery um it is an awesome facility rittenhouse soundworks look them up so i tagged along i had the day i had a day to play so uh i tagged along and um started at the art museum Moved down to Sonny's for a killer cheesesteak, which I haven't had in a while. <laughs> I thought you were going to have beer today. We were and then, I love it. <laughs> at that point, it was beer. So I did, um, I made a point to seek out as much local beers as I could. Um, right, a couple blocks down from Sonny's, which is old, it's old city, old town, what do they call it in Philly? Old city. Old city. Was Second Story Brewing, which actually took over the old Triumph space. 
I don't know if you guys have been to Triumph. But anyway, they were doing some really nice beers. I had a flight. Um, I got to give big props. They had a pen, I had a, their Pennsylvania Lager, their Five Mile Ale, Tilted Barn Farmhouse Ale, and Evolve IPA number six. And I will say the PA Lager, I was super impressed because they were using 100% uh, barley and rye that was grown and malted in Pennsylvania. So it's always cool to see, you know, you know, travel a little bit outside of New York City and see brewers, you know, making really nice beers with local malt. Um, from there, I actually decided to walk up to Johnny Brenda's, which is, I think, just under two miles. But it was a be- it was a beautiful evening by that time. I didn't realize, but Standard Tap was on the way, so I stopped in there for a tired hands, um, and then finally went to Johnny Brenda's. And I had another tasting flight at Johnny Brenda's, and I was super impressed. I got to give a big shout out because I had. Um, the Sly Fox Sawtown Standard Lager, which we never, I don't think we ever. Sawtown Sawtooth. Sawtown. Sawtown. I don't know if we ever get, if we even get that in New York City, but that was just straight up solid Vienna Lager. I had the St. Benjamin Brewing Company Liaison Saison. That's a lavender Saison um, from a pretty new brewery in Philly. The Tired Hands Fuzzy Green IPA. And then I had a Commonwealth Ciders Gregarious Ginger Cider. So the, those last three are all brewed in Philly, or all made in Philly, I believe. Let's go back to the lavender. So lavender oh, and Saison. Yes, it was outstanding. I was so impressed. Uh, first of all, I love lavender. I know, you know, it's a love-hate kind of thing with people. It's kind of like cilantro. I'm a big lavender lover. Um, but it is, you know, those those t- flavors are tricky to do in beers. And, man, I got to say, I was super impressed. And then the fuzzy green turned out to be a cucumber IPA. Now, I had a couple cucumber beers. I don't beers think you should and- eat fuzzy cucumbers, though. <laughs> I think that, you know, they've turned. <laughs> no, but they're fuzzy when they first come out, see, I think. I don't know. That's what made me think of I've never seen oh, the leaves are fuzz. The leaves are fuzzy too. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so tired hands, absolutely outstanding job on the cucumber a. I mean cucumber IPA, and then the Gregarious ginger cider from Commonwealth was really tasty too. It was very dry and had a really nice spicy ginger bite. So I was impressed with all of those beers. Um, inspired enough, I actually picked up some cucumbers on the way home today. I'm going to go home and make a cucumber short mead. Um, I've also have. I think there's a lavender short mead in my recipe in my book but i'm actually i want to do a lavender lemon fermented soda so just lavender lemon a little bit of organic white table sugar champagne yeast um and then i had something else on my list i was going to make inspired by yesterday or saturday anyway great time in philly if you haven't been to philadelphia i mean i only hit a couple of spots but i had some outstanding beers we did actually round up i got one more i got a sour beer at earth at the very end of the night before chris drove us back earth and bread brewery yeah so i have to say i just love philly it's such a great i'm so happy that we live in new york city and can just go and spend the day in philly i mean philly's like an hour and a half to two hours from us so much to do and anyway I can't wait to go back. City of brotherly love. All right. And that's where everything started. I wouldn't know you if I didn't I live in Philly for a second and start homebrewing down there. Speaking of homebrewing and speaking of pro-brewing and speaking of today and this show and New York and uh, we have in the house today an old friend of ours, Brett Taylor. Brett Taylor, how are you hey. doing? <laughs> Um, Thanks for having me. Today's special for a couple of reasons. I've been a longtime fan of, of your beers and, and what you do with them. You are, Brett, you are aptly named um, with your affection, uh, affinity for, for Brett Nomices. Um, and I'm also excited that you just finished the uh, American Brewers Guild uh, yeah. course, the Intensive Science, Bre- Brewing Science and Engineering course, right? Yes. And uh, congratulations on Thank that. you. Yeah, it was, uh, it was amazing. And I'm, cr- I'm joining an incredible group of. Basically, most 
or a ton of New York City brewers are, have yeah. graduated, and, and it's uh, I feel like I'm in the club now. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> Thank you. But that was a really valuable experience. We'll get back to right, that. Totally. But let's talk more about you know leading up to that, and uh, you, even just before this, you, I didn't realize you had any uh, brewing or, or pro brewing experience or even uh, uh, times in that. But you you uh, did some time at Six Point for a brief moment. Yeah, just a little while back in 2011. Um, worked with with Ian when he was there. Um, you know, just cleaning kegs, mm-hmm. scrubbing, yeah. you know, doing you know basic cellar work. But you were familiar with a pro brewery yeah, you know, before yeah, yeah. before yeah. getting to that. But Definitely. where did your home brewing start? Where did this um, the, where did this love of home brewing thing f- happen for you? Carol Gardens. And honestly, I think that uh, it was it was I kind of got caught up in the whole New York City craft thing and I kind of you know lived Six Point was my local brewery and and, and it, there was a point where it felt like if you weren't uh, drinking Six Point you were sort of not you were not, you didn't have your Brooklyn cred or something, you know, Still back in yeah. six or seven. <laughs> and so I was, um, I, yeah, so, but it was, you know, it wasn't polished beer like you were getting from macro breweries. You weren't getting like filtered beer that was just crystal clear. And something about it felt doable. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was so fresh and it just felt like I want to do this. So that's when I started. I started home brewing. And, and um, I met you at one of either. Brooklyn Ward or one of the other like homebrew, you know, homebrew competitions that mm-hmm. are open to the public, and you were serving. I think it was a hundred percent Britannomyces fermented beer, and this was a while, a while, a yeah. while ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, before actually, that that might have been one of the first primary Brett fermented beers I ever had, and I was mm-hmm. like, what is this? It was super interesting and drinkable, and and. And your name is Brett, too. So I was like, oh, this guy, Brett, he makes Brett beers. <laughs> I, got, I got lucky there. I got lucky, actually, because I, I was in line to be Wilbur Earl the Fourth, yeah. And uh, fortunately, um, somebody stepped in and, uh, and and gave me a name that, uh, you know. Wilbur Earl the Fourth. so is that your father and your, and your father's father? And your, yeah. Wilbur Earl All the, the way back. Wow, yeah, man. Yeah, and to the, I guess, to the 1800s, yeah. yeah. Do you think that Wilbur the Wilbur First uh, homebrewed or brewed? I don't think so, but yeah. I I don't know much. About, I, I mean, I I met him, but uh, I don't. I was really small, so mm-hmm. I was like this big. So he didn't um, let you taste from his, of his mug. He he. Yeah, no. Yeah, I think it was probably whiskey or something from the, <laughs> from the hills of Pennsylvania, if anything. But um, yeah, no. I I I fell in love with Britannomyces, um because I I fell in love with sour beer, and I was like, what? I mean, all right, I get it. It's sour, but like, what else? What else about it? And and I somehow came to realize that it was the Britannomyces that was giving it the character that I really loved. And then I and then I experienced it with hops, and I was like, whoa, that's totally different. It's like it's like it's super fruity, um, and it gets really dry, and it like it works nicely with hops, and it does cool things. So I was like, I need to explore this. So you, when did you first start homebrewing? Uh, January 2010. And then when? How? When did you start playing around with Brett? Um, about a year and a half later. Yeah, so pretty uh, early on. Once I once I I dialed in, you know, dialed in my process and realized, you know, understood what I was doing. I um I started playing with Brett, and I it was the first beer was a I made the regular spice, spice pumpkin beer, um, and, but I I fermented it with a uh, with uh, a Brett Lambicus and a Brett uh, uh, Bruxlinus, and um. And I took together that. at the same time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just one of one of each. Primaried yeah. with that, and then I took it to um, I took it over to Jason Saylor's house, uh, and uh, some other some other people were there, and they all loved it, and they were like, "Wow, this is so good!" So then I aged it out for like a year, and it was even better because <laughs> a lot of the spice character like got really subdued, and, and the 
Brett character, uh, the Lambic has given a nice tartness and it became a very lovely beer. Now I want to do it in a bourbon barrel. Awesome. Yeah. So, where were you getting your Brett back then? Oh, Brooklyn Homebrew. I, I got all of my Brett from Brooklyn Homebrew. I, I sort of have um, switched now. I'm a, I'm a Yeast Bay guy. Mm-hmm. I basically use their stuff almost exclusively these days. Got to shout Brooklyn Homebrew out. You know. Yeah. Love them. They're closing in a few days now. Mm-hmm. Coming up a week and a half. Leaving a crater. Yes. Yeah. In the city. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what happens in yes. New York City. And I wish Daniel and Benjamin the best of luck. They're going to move on to another exciting venture of some sort. Yeah. Um, so, Brett, so you're using, so you started with, t- tell the Brett strains again. Mm-hmm. Uh, l- just the Wise Lambicus and, okay. um, and uh, the Brexlinus. Um, and then tell us a little bit more, like how, because I think you've, you've done wits, you've done, mm-hmm. you've done all kinds of beers, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I have a wit beer that I'd like to do with the, with the, the, the Brussels blend from the East Bay. I, I've done it a couple different ways, but that's what I really like now. And it, um, I feel like the fruit character um, from that, from that East blend along with, uh, you know, the, the coriander and, and all the fruit peel and everything just works so well. And it's a beer that's, it's lovely when it's young. It's a nice, frothy, fruity wit beer, but then it, it ages out to become like a, a really nice, you know, blonde, you know, basically a blonde ale. Um, it's works really well for me. Um, what is the shortest, uh, Brett ferment? That you've you've gotten um, as I've, umber. and I've done it in three weeks, but um, but it, it's 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 there's way too many cells in, in suspension sure. still. Um, you know, it's mostly at terminal gravity. It, it gets to the point where it, it's at the it wants to it wants to just go into that slow ride that Brett does when you're making like a sour. Um, but yeah, it you know, it's drinkable. It's it tastes like what it's going to taste like as a young beer and it's good, but you know, would you say you're a patient man? I would say so. <laughs> you could have to do with it. The key, the key is whenever you have a tendency, you know, you get a sour in, in the barrel. You probably know this, Mary, you just, uh, when you get a sour in the barrel and you have a tendency, you want to touch it, just go buy a new fermenter and make something yes. else. Just forget, That's put it in the it. back of wherever right. you're fermenting and forget about it. That's right. Cover it with a t-shirt and forget about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 put a like I'm not allowed to touch this before X date mm-hmm. like rule on it and that, that'll get you through. We're going to take a very very short break and come back to ferment about it and talk more about how you hop how your your approach well, to I hops know about the Brett strains and how yeah. you go about it. So more about bring with Britannomyces with Brett Taylor after the break. In 1996, Elknife & Son acquired Union Beer Distributors, which was originally located on Union Avenue in Brooklyn, but has since expanded to its present location alongside the English Kills Canal in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Union Beer has grown dramatically in the last decade as the primary distributor of Anheuser-Busch products for Kings County, Brooklyn, through the hiring and development of the best people in the industry. In 2003, Union Beer acquired a powerful catalog of specialty brands, which immediately positioned them as the craft beer supplier to accounts in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. 
Union perpetually tweaks their portfolio to maintain the highest level of stylistic breadth with the most coveted brands available. Through the highest possible level of service, outstanding salesmanship of the ultimate lineup of brands, and a paramount focus on education on all levels, Union Beer has solidified its position as the only source for the best selection of beers in the 14 counties of southeastern New York. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. This is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, and you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Welcome back to Foment About It. We're here in the studio with our really great friend, who is aptly named Brett Taylor. <laughs> uh, he has an affinity for Brett Nomice's strains and brewing with Brett. And uh, tell us more about the strains, your favorite strains, and... Uh, Let's Some of your experience, because I think a lot of people, that's something I've done a lot of like secondary fermenting or co-fermenting mm-hmm. or aging with, you know, Britannomyces and Pediococcus and Lacto, et cetera. But I haven't done much primary and I've been wanting to for all, but the book was, you know, kept me occupied. But yeah. what if somebody wants to brew? Well, first of all, what are the advantages of brewing with Britannomyces in primary? Um, well, for, well, in primary, um, Hmm. Or like what, you know, why do you do it? Why do I do it? Yeah. I, I like the, the character that I get from it. I like the fact that the beer can be one thing at, you know, at four weeks and it can be a completely different beer at at a year. It's, uh, like, it's like an everlasting gobstopper. Totally, <laughs> totally. I mean, you know, the benefits of bread are, are it helps clean up, uh, dissolve the oxygen and, and just, you know, it's it's a it's a better, it, it's a, it acts as a preservative. It keeps you safe from or helps to keep you safe from staling um those are some of the benefits and it also adds different like aromas and, and absolutely, flavors yeah, depending yeah. on the strain yes totally i um, honestly and and i i don't know enough yet to to make to speak in really specific details but uh yeah you get uh, different ph's and different different pitch counts give you give you different uh give you different flavors and aromas as well um, that's what that's kind of right. what my study is right now is figuring is is really dialing in that and understanding it well. So, what are a couple of your favorite Britannomyces? So, if somebody asks you, "Hey, you know what? I'm a home brewer. I've been, you know, brewing with just straight up sack yeast for a while. Mm-hmm. I want to try to ferment with bread. Mm-hmm. What would you um, advise them? Well, it depends on the beer. Um, the, I I did that Brett. Uh, or that that brown ale last year for um, for Pride of Brooklyn. It was a it was just a regular brown ale that I I, I made a really big dextrinous wort and it stopped at like ten eighteen, and uh, and then I pitched uh, Brett Lambicus because I wanted that pie cherry sort of tartness to work with the the dark toasty malts and then it was going to all go into a, a bourbon barrel because I wanted the interplay between this sort of spicy vanilla thing and the bourbon barrel. Uh, along with that that sort of cherryish Brett character and what the yeah. brown the dark malts bring to that beer. So if you if you're looking for something that you want to get a little bit of a of a of a like a, a tart cherry kind of character, obviously yeah, you want to go for the lambicus. If you um if you want to get that that sort of if you want to go for really subtle, you know, you go for, you go for the Brett uh, Clausiny. Uh, it's a lot. It, you don't get a lot of like wild funk off of that. Um, I myself have been using lately the um, the Brussels uh, blend from the East Bay. I find that you know I, on three successive pitches with that, I made a I made a saison, an IPA, and a wheat beer, and I got characters uh, that were reminiscent of those styles. With that, I got a nice phenolic uh, character 
in the in the saison, the wit beer gave me a you know I got fruity character from that, and um, in the IPA I, I was able to to um, to get you know a nice fruity character that blended well with with uh, with uh, you know northeast or northwest hops. Yeah, I want to know your hopping techniques for for brewing with Brett. Uh, it's actually pretty similar to my regular hopping technique, which is um, lots and lots of hops in the whirlpool. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, a late edition. Yeah, a lot of late edition. I don't do. I don't do a big. Um, I, I don't do a, uh, a lot of times with it with a Brett beer. I won't. Um, I won't do a bittering edition. I'll just do it all in the last twenty minutes okay. right. because you're going to get a little more attenuation and and you're going to get a, a a little higher degree of 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 uh, bitterness, just of apparent bitterness or, or, or perceived bitterness. What, um, do you make a starter? So when you, yes. d- you do primary, yeah. you always make a starter, right? Yeah. I mean, it depends on what I'm trying to do. If I, if I'm going to age something out, like m- my Saison these days is, um, you know, it's a, it, I just throw, I just throw vials in. It's, it's Saison yeast, it's, it's Brett blend and, and it's lactobrevis and it just, um, you just let that roll. Um, that all goes together. Um, I don't, I don't want a big pitch count with that, but with a, with a, yeah, with a Brett, usually I'm looking for something close to a lager pitch rate, um, to keep, to keep it from getting super funky. So the Saison you're using, you're just, so five gallon batches Mm -hmm. and you're using how many vials of this? Um, generally I'll do, uh, for the all Brett Saison, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do usually one vial that, that I, I double step because they're, they're pitch rates uh or their i'm sorry their um their pitch counts in, in the east bay are, are um they're basically white labs pitch counts and mm-hmm. they're really okay. low um so yeah I, I usually double step those so i get something a really a, a lot of cells that are they're active on a stir plate and warm usually i'll put that on a stir plate with a with a little um heating pad around it and then um get that rock in and so you're looking at what, like lower 80s for your starter? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm usually up there and let it. They just go crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And then you know, uh, uh, Chad Jacobson would probably be going, no, 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 no. But um, he, uh, the the guy from the crooked from Crooked State, that is, who's the the master. He's yeah. Li- literally of um, Britannomyces. The master's degree of Britannomyces. <laughs> um, and uh, but yeah, I mean, I find big pitch count, um, control your temperature, and. Um, and uh, I like I like to go with a little bit lower with a little lower pH because I feel like it makes that it makes it all a little touch of of like tartness behind that and even in a hoppy beer not sour but um, it, it perceived it, it, perceived yeah it just pushes it, it just brightens the whole thing up mm-hmm. and how are you are you using brewing salts or how are you manipulating your pH I usually just use uh, gypsum okay yeah I don't I don't go too low with it I mean I have some some citric but I don't. Um, right, you don't do it anything after the fact with with acids or anything. No, yeah, I, yeah. Only uh, only if I'm you know gonna pitch lacto. Right. Yeah. I don't. I never. I don't. I have given up the practice of kettle souring entirely. <laughs> <laughs> Mary's mad at you. No, <laughs> I think there's some for everybody out there. I agree. There. I, there are some great. If we didn't have beers, you, then we would have less to less to taste. I know they give me uh, Brooklyn Homebrew gives me Pediococcus for free because it nobody uses it oh, except yeah. me. So <laughs> it's pretty tricky to use. I mean, so where do you? Let's talk about where do you use Pediococcus? Uh, just. In in my secondaries in my barrels, yeah, but mostly with barrel. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, if in a in a in a barrel situation, whether it be an actual barrel or or a, or a secondary fermenter. Yeah. You live here in New York, mm-hmm. and you're talking about barrels. Mm-hmm. What size are your barrels? Five gallon barrels. Five gallon yeah, barrels. Yeah. The Kings County mm-hmm. guys. Yeah, yeah. And you got them spread around the house. Yeah. So we have a source. We have a we have actually thanks to the New York Farm Distillery Law. And that's what it's called, right? Anyway, we have a lot of distilleries here in New York City, and Kings County is one that's really generous in selling mm-hmm. their barrels for very reasonably prices to a lot of home brewers. Yeah. So big shout out to them. Totally. Collins Palm, you to Yeah. You, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I got into because I was like, I need to learn how to manage barrels. Um, right. And so, yeah. Plus, you know, now I do. I do a lot of the sours I'm doing now are like I'm doing primary fermentation. I do the whole thing in the barrel. I got such lovely bugs living in those things that like. I just want to throw. I just want a little primary, like a little sacro to go in there with it, and put a blow off on it, and let what's in there go to town. Which is kind of living the dream now. So you've already put in. <clears throat> you've already put in. So originally, when you got these barrels, how did you prep them? Uh, I prepped them by putting imperial stout in them for a very short period of time, <laughs> and, and um, taking taking away. Yeah, just, just straight up uh, imperial stout yeah, with saccharomyces. Clean, clean, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And then, um, and then I, yeah, then I'll, yeah, I take, I move that pretty quickly, and that, you know, cleans out some of the the, the very strong bourbon and yeah. right. oak character, and then in a know, way that in a way that's still usable, in a way yes. that's still, still usable, yeah. 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 So short period of time, what? How many days? Uh, I think I think usually two weeks, something okay. like that. Um, I, maybe I have a my threshold for for what is over the top is is a little higher or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but that's good. It's, these are always things to, to think about because I think when a lot, when you're a home brewer that has not used barrels before, I mean, a lot of these very fresh barrels will impart a lot, a lot. of alcohol and yes. wood. Yeah. And you have to be very careful unless you want to end up blending. You know, yeah, if, yeah, you're, yeah. if you're kind of flushing that barrel a little bit, so yeah. to speak, you know, it's something to think about. So. Yeah, for sure. And, and I actually bought the barrels um, intending that they would be they would be blending beers um, because I, I figured, oh, you know what? These beers are going to get too sharp too quickly, and I wasn't going to get the Brett character that I want from them. And actually, it hasn't been the case. There, maybe these are maybe. I mean, the last two were their sort of cuvee beers. I just like I just bottled them straight as they are. So, yeah. <laughs> so then, after the Russian Imperial Stout, mm-hmm. then did you start with your buggy beers? Uh, I did with one of them, and the other one I was going to keep around for uh, for uh, for uh, clean um, beers. But then uh, they're in the same room, and I learned lessons about how bugs move between yeah. barrels. Also, mm-hmm. a very important lesson. And then my reaction to that was, I did a little dance because it was awesome that I like <laughs> that like. It, the, the my bedroom right. my bedroom actually I should, whenever I move out of this apartment I think I'm just going to advertise it as like you could cool ship in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. When did you decide to go to the American Brewers Guild? When did I decide to go to the American Brewers Guild? Why um, did you go to the American Brewers Guild? Do you have uh, um, well? I mean, looking for a career because, yeah, definitely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that, that's the whole point. I mean, I you know, uh, you know, Tyler March and I are, are working on a, a brewery project with you know, mostly Britannomyces, and um, I was like, even if I if I fail miserably miserably at that, this is still a career change for me. Um, I'm not. I'm not gonna go back to my old job. I'm. I'm ready to move on. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, what do I need to do to do that? And, and it's it brewing school, and it, it was right there. It was such an easy thing to do. You just had to have gotten some okay science grades and passable science grades <laughs> in college, and um, 
and yeah. then you go deep into it. Yes, yes. It's a 26-week course? 23. 24. 23, I think. I don't yeah. remember whether it was 23 yeah. or 26. It certainly felt like 26 if it was it 23. It felt like 38. <laughs> but, it was, it was, but it was all awesome. I yes. it. And yeah. having the videos are so yet forever. Yeah. You know, I still use them as resources. That's good to know. You yeah, know, they're, they're yeah. awesome. And there's something to be said for that because, like, um, if you if we had gone to, to lecture, it would have been, uh, you know, whoever they could get there at that time. But when you when you watch the DVDs, you're getting, like, the best in the business. Matt mm-hmm. Brindleton, come on. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, who gets him as a professor? Yeah. Like, it's insane. Pretty, pretty fantastic. And I could go on the list of, of like, <laughs> names. Just, it's just everybody's a super, it's like an all-star. I will say, a couple weeks ago, I walk in the bedroom. We're getting ready to go to bed. Chris is already in bed. And I'm like, what are you watching? You were watching an ABG video. That's right. That's right. I was getting ready for you. They make me hot. <laughs> Steve Parks, I love you. <laughs> I feel dirty. That shouldn't, be, uh, Liz. That should not be the quote that goes on the website. I think. <laughs> Let's briefly mention a nut. What's your next school that you're going to? Hop school. Yes. yes. I'm going to. <laughs> so I went to Hop and Brew School, put on by Hop Union uh, last year, and I went to the Nano Brewery and Homebrew uh, School. It's a two-day uh, affair in, in Yakima on-premise, and uh, you, you go around the, the hop fields. I think there are still tickets if you go to hopunion.com and then hop, look up Hop and Brew School. Yep. Uh, and I, can be, I, I spent the whole time there being like, oh, Mary, we totally dig this. I really wish you were here. And uh, and now you're going this year, but I'm going to the other session. I'm going to the first session, the uh, the uh, 15 barrel and above. Yeah, the pro brewer. There's session. going to be like so. at least three, three to five. Well, there's five New Yorkers actually signed up to go to yeah to our at nano le- at and, least that we know of. Ho- yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're bringing a the contingent times, this yeah, year. Taking over. <laughs> Subject to change. Join us. Join us. That's right. Meet us there. <laughs> So talk a little bit about Yeast Bay and why you use those before we wrap up. Oh, yeah. Um, so actually, that ties back to your, to your earlier question about the, the blends. Uh, their, their blends are really nice. Um, I, they don't go crazy on me um, when you use them for successive batches. Uh, the, 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 you know, I don't know how he balances them. He's not very, you know, he's got a day job and he, you know, he's, he's, he's not really, he, he responds very quickly to, to emails, but he doesn't really talk too much about what he's got in them. But um, I I love their they have an uh, one called amalgamation and and I use that in in my you know barrel age type sours or actual barrel age sours and they it gives you that like that nice um, that sort of uh, burnt rubber sulfur kind of thing you get from like like a Cantillon goose oh, I yeah. love it I always say mm-hmm. like the petrol I always yes. get like petrol yes, yes. I know yes. exactly where to buy yeah like, yeah love that petrol. Now, how how soon are you getting that? Is it because that's usually you know that's a like an aroma and flavor I always associate with aged rieslings, yeah. right? Or some of these I, aged gouzes as I well. Got it three months on a farm on a on a saison, an Albrecht saison. I added that too. Um, uh, yeah, he and his uh, he you know he's a lot of lacto brevis PDO and his and his mixes are are good like multiple lacto and PDO and and um and his, his strains are. Excuse me, he doesn't say he doesn't say what they're he he suggests like. A blend from taken from a Brussels brewery, which I read as Cantillon, and then he one from a beer cell brewery, which I read as Dreyfontaine. Um, they work really nicely. I'm, I'm just I'm a fan. And that's a much more economical way to get a nice mixture mm-hmm. rather than buying individual packets, because that was always something before we've had some of these smaller yeast. And bacteria, comp- you know, yeast companies crop up. Is that if you want to do a blend, you either had to use bottle drags, right. or you know, you had to buy like 
five smack packs or bile or yeah. vials in order to get a nice blend. I mean, some of the they did come out with the occasional blend, but but we're really lucky now in that we have people like East Bay or East Coast East that are doing blends for us. Yes, yeah. Uh, East, I'd love to use East Coast East. I've used it one time uh, in, in a golden sour, aka you know lambic style. But I um, it I have it's it's in. It's in progress, and I have no idea what. The, it's just so hard to get. I yeah. would love to use it, but so I got. I mean, I got to go to the to the West Coast, but he's he does, um, does an awesome job. Now you're talking about successive peach, pitches. So mm-hmm. are you? You're taking this yeast cake and mm-hmm. then using it. So what are you? How? What are you doing? Are you washing? Or are you just? I just I just give it a little rinse, get the crap off the top, and uh, yeah, and then and then pitch it into the next batch. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm, and I don't. I don't have a microscope yet, so I'm not. What do you mean by rinse? How do you do that? Oh, uh, just uh, you know, just into a into like a jar or a, or a Meyer flask, and some distilled water on top so that it mm-hmm. settles, and then I just I decant the stuff that's either hot and break material, and then the, the stuff top that looks layer like peanut that. butter. Yeah, just yeah. like crap on top, and then and then you have the nice like whitish like healthy looking slurry yeah the milkshake the milkshake Beauty. yeah yeah and so you've been using these so you uh-huh. said you repitched up to three times i have repitched up to uh i've repitched up to five times with the brussels blend from there um the wit beer that i did for um a recent thing wasn't that well received so i'm thinking it might have been a little gone a little long um, it, I think it was the it was the uh, the uh, pride of Brooklyn this year. Yeah. Now, so when you're, how long are you leaving these on before you're re- repitching? I mean, before you're you know racking off and then can use that that yeast and bacteria cake. Um, so I actually don't usually. I haven't done a lot of repitching with yeast and bacteria. I, a lot of times I'll add new bacteria, which is weird because the, it it's the thing that lasts. Mm-hmm. Um, Brett obviously lasts too. Um, but yeah, I'll um, I'll I'll take I'll, you know depends on if I feel like I need to get it if I need if I need the yeast out from under it then yeah then I'll, then I'll move it if okay. it's like three four weeks or whatever it okay. can't hurt to go to a secondary for a little while to settle out. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the thing is with that um, the yeast, the Brussels one from the East Bay settles beautifully. So it um, flocculates really. It nicely. flocculates okay. very nicely, but it takes a very long time. Okay. Um, it, it's it's crystal clear, and uh, the, the the my Albrecht saison is um, it can get really nicely clear. Awesome. Have you brewed anything with sack again since your first Brett beer? Oh yes, I still I still you know I do a pilsner. It's kind of my uh, German pilsner. It's kind of my canary in the coal mine to make sure. My sister's <laughs> clean. <laughs> yep. It's Make a, sure what it's comes a litmus out of, test. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love the beer, I but like, it. it just so that I know what's coming out of that. Because I use the, I have the Blickman, uh, the the uh, heat exchanger, or I'm sorry, the um, yeah, heat exchanger. The that, but you can't open it up. It's a plate chiller, but you can't open it. So I, it's a leap of faith that I'm that I'm getting it clean right so um i just want to make sure that what comes out of there is uh is, is, good. is chemically that's awesome yeah. so once you go brett you can come back you can of just course separate, yeah. separate hoses keep it all the plastic <laughs> anything you gotta keep them separated keep them color coded and i treat i treat i i brew like sacro beer once every two months and uh and i keep that stuff like in a very nice cabinet i treat it like it's it's gold <laughs> and the bread stuff which gets used like Three times a month gets thrown in, in this like bag in the corner and gets treated poorly. But you know it's uh, 
it works for me. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's all hand-me-down stuff anyway, right? <laughs> Clean stuff goes to Brett stuff. It goes to Brett and Bug right. stuff. So. <laughs> well, our new uh, show mission is to find a guy named Sack so we can talk about <laughs> clean, clean brewing and prediction, predictable things. You might be able to find a guy from Ireland <laughs> named Omices more easily. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. An Irish guy named Sack Omices. <laughs> be amazing. Well done. And with that, thank you for joining us, Brett Taylor. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome to have you. We were so excited to have you here. And hopefully some of you out there are inspired to start playing to around with, with some mixes. And, and to go to the American yeah. Brewers Guild. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, do that. And Hop sure. School. Hop so school. there is. Hop yeah, yeah, Come still, join us at Hop School. Absolutely. There's still openings, so. We want to thank our engineer, Liz Smith, today for her fantastic work at Today and every week and every day here at Heritage Radio Network, what a wonderful lady that lady is. <laughs> Even though she's giving me the finger. It wasn't the finger you're thinking. <laughs> uh, never mind, audience. You're great, too. She wasn't giving you that finger, either. Uh, Tell me about today's break music, <laughs> Today's break music. Today's break music and the show theme song are actually outtakes from a former band uh, that I, I've been involved in uh, called Chris Berry and Pangea. Chris Berry is an incredible Mbira player. What did you say, Chris? Oh, I said, mmm, beer. Ah. <laughs> so that little tinkling, tinkling noise in the, in the thing, that's a really strange instrument from Zimbabwe called the Mbira. It's on piano. It's pretty cool. Hey, and we want to give a big thanks to all of you listeners for tuning in. If you liked what you heard tonight, tell your friends to subscribe to the show on iTunes and feel free to get in touch with us at heritageradionetwork.org. Next up, we got a teaser clip of Chef Marco Canora sharing some snack hacks on the food scene. Another great show found right here on Heritage Radio Network. There's so much misinformation out there, and and everybody thinks that eating well needs to be uh, surrounded with deprivation. And it's like, it's not deprivation at all. Like, I'm a, I'm a fucking hedonist. Chef Marco Canora shares some snack hacks on episode 226 of The Food Scene, hosted by Michael Harlan Turkel. I love food. I eat food like crazy. I don't need to be hungry to eat food. It is just like a huge part of my life. And, you know, a lot of people are f- afraid of this idea of eating well because they think that you turn your back on all that stuff. And... No, it doesn't mean you turn your back on loving food. It just means you have to educate yourself and think differently about it. So when you think of popcorn, do you instantly think, oh, that's fiber. That's going to clear me out. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, yes. I think about popcorn and then I say, well, let's make sure I put the right fat on it. And, and let's make sure, you know, I'm getting a good quality popcorn that's not some kind of highly mass-produced GMO popcorn. And then it's great popcorn, and I'll grate some really good pecorino cheese on it and put a boatload of uh, black pepper on it and put a big hunk of really good grass-fed butter on it and some nice sea salt. And, man, it's fucking delicious, decadent popcorn that I could eat a tub of it until I'm sick, and I'm not going to feel so bad about it, right? Because of you now, Kachu Ipepeing something is like a verb in our house. (laughs) Right. We always have that hunk of pecorino. This was an excerpt from episode 226 of The Food Scene, hosted by Michael Harlan Turkel. Did you like it? The Food Scene episodes are available on our website or on iTunes. Dig in for more. This piece was brought to you by Bonnie Plants, bonnieplants.com. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. 
You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 non-profit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.